Call America is a history podcast about what makes America great. I'm Carl Joseph Black, a Brooklyn native born into the cult. And I'm Lisa Charlotte, an Australian migrant who totally bought into it from afar. Each episode, we unpack the American way of life from an outsider's perspective, from the Pledge of Allegiance to American exceptionalism and more. We'll dive into the history and share our personal experiences, along with discussion of some actual cults along the way. Listen to Cult America on a Three Springs Media Network, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mm -hmm. Hello and welcome to this week's mini episode of That Brooklyn Film Show. We're going to be talking about the second episode of Lovecraft Country. And the second episode, I'm just going to read the blurb from HBO Max where it says the episode is called uh, Whitey's on the Moon. Episode description reads, Inexplicably recovered from their terrifying night, Letty and George luxuriate in their new surroundings, while Atticus grows suspicious of their Artem Lodge host, who unveil cryptic plans for Atticus's role in their Sons of Adam ceremony. Later after, Tick, Letty, and George stumble upon a clue that could lead them to Montrose, each take an unwelcome walk down memory lane. So after, you know, reading the description and everything um, and watching the episode, what did you overall think of the episode? I thought it was a really good episode. Um, one thing I realized about this show is that each episode feels like its own thing because I thought that what was like brought up last week, like where's his father, um, what we want to find out more about his grandmother. I thought that all was going to be answered like throughout the season mm-hmm. and they kind of just got to that in like episode two. Because when they went to the basement and his father like was digging coming out the ground, I wasn't expecting all that to happen so fast. So it was a good episode. Um, I think that the show is continuing to expand on what it's going to be and bring up new questions and new intrigue each episode. And I kind of appreciate that it's not like, I mean, we have the one long thread of, of like I guess his mother and his grandmother, or I don't know if it's his grandmother, but his great great grandmother, the one that was. I think it's like a few greats, like a couple great 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 great, 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 great. Um, we still have the, um, story with them and trying to figure that out. But now we have the new stories that are developing when they go back to Chicago mm-hmm. and the house that they're buying and everything. So I like the fact that they keep trying new things each episode. Yeah, I agree. I thought that after last week's episode, um, that they were going to spend the rest of the season, like exploring that house and yeah. stuff like that. And that's where the main plot was going to be. And then they were like, it's like, um, this is like a one episode exactly. thing. And while it did continue world building, it still, it did feel kind of like a capsule episode, like a mini anthology. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of things. Are there, were there any specific scenes that stood out to you from this episode? Specific scenes that stood out. So I think the scene where they were like all kind of fantasizing in the um, hotels rooms and they were like magically locked in. I think that was an interesting scene because it had a lot of like backstory and character development without it really going into exposition and stuff like that. Like we learned about the mother and the um, uncle, uncle, or we learned about um, about Atticus and the woman in Korea. So it's just like in that scene, I like scenes where it's like the action is what expands on the characters, not exactly the dialogue that exchanges between them. Mm-hmm. And we learned that. I mean, we don't know exactly what their relationship was, but it must have been something that was a little bit violent slash toxic because of the way they were interacting with each other based on that scene. 
See, what I'm thinking is maybe it was one because I my suspicion is that she's the woman that was on the phone with him in the first episode. Yeah, I think the same thing. So I think maybe it started off as like a hostile, yeah, you know, relationship on opposite sides of the war and everything, and then it became either romantic or like on a friendship level or something. Yeah. Um, but, but clearly, he knows. You know, he knew her. It wasn't just a random yeah, it wasn't soldier. Just a random soldier. That, yeah, that yeah. they threw at him. Um. I agree with the um, everything you said about that scene, though. Another thing that was interesting to me was the fact that the white people were just watching them yeah. like they were in a zoo, which is something they really did in the 19... Not in the 1950s, they but like before then. Zoos, yeah. They put people in zoos. They had... You know that woman, um, Sarah Bartman, who they paraded around zoos like she was an animal as opposed to a human being. So that kind of just gave me those kind of vibes with the way they were just laughing and watching them in anguish because they're hallucinating but they don't they haven't realized it yet obviously they get to a point where they eventually yeah realize it but they don't and to the white people this is just like entertainment yeah um another thing was the when they went into the town and they first met that woman and she was talking about the black bears but after she says black bears for the first time, she just says blacks. So she was like, "Oh yeah, she the, was. She wasn't being low key at that point, though." Yeah, she She's was like, "There's black bears in there, and the blacks like to try to start trouble." It's like, "Sheesh." Yeah, so it's kind of like double speak. To the, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, it, it was wasn't. It wasn't double speak. And it yeah, came straight forward. Like speak. blacks don't know their place or blacks yeah, exactly. this. It's like okay, we everyone in in the situation is aware that she's not talking about black bears anymore, but that's yeah, how she exactly. set it up to get her point across when talking about them as um black people so i thought that was another interesting moment in the show and another point where you're seeing monsters that are not monsters yeah. you're seeing the monsters that are people humans yeah and then um another one was when the daughter was talking to the daughter of the Head of oh, the, the Sons of Adam, uh-huh. yeah, the, yeah. Um, where she's like, you just get this ring because you're a man. And then yeah. he goes, yeah, a black one at that. And that kind of gives a gaze into like how there could be white women's racism too. Yeah. And although they don't have the same rights as you know white men, They're they still... can still be complicit in that racist nature. Yeah, exactly. um, and he can also have that because he's a man, he still gets something that he wouldn't get if he was a woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I thought that was like interesting kind of juxtaposition there. Um, and yeah. And then of course, what we thought would happen in the first episode, the writing was on the wall. Oh, <laughs> RIP no, uncle George. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, God fast. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was so clear in the first episode that it was going to happen. I feel like he might come. I feel like I've seen, maybe I'm remembering it wrong. Yeah. You thought you saw him in the trailer, right? Yeah. More yeah. trailers, yeah. I think so too. So I feel like this might be either a temporary death or maybe he comes back as a ghost. I don't know. But we knew that somehow he was going to die, at least for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then there's that, now they introduce also the dilemma of who is really Atticus's father because yeah. they don't know. I guess they didn't have DNA tests back in the. 1950s or if they did they, he, they were just like we're brothers so we're just gonna yeah, you know yeah. let you one let of us rock. yeah father him and clearly it was Mon- Montrose 
um, but he was abusive because he was abused. So he kind of continued yeah. that cycle of abuse Trauma. with Atticus. Yeah. Um, and Uncle George kind of was able to be like that uncle from the sidelines that he could look up to as opposed to more. kind of more. a father figure that he needed. Yeah, but Uncle he, George was like, yo, I'm about to be out. So you guys mm-hmm. start stepping your role up as his actual father. Father, yeah. Possible actual father. Um, but for all intents and purposes, yeah. he was to Atticus. That's the father, only father he knew. Yeah, exactly. In terms of like what he thinks is who is biologically his father. Yeah. Um, and then another thing is the the reading. I think the fact that like these are all supposed to be like really well read black people is another interesting fact because the reason they know how the father escaped the prison is because they know that his favorite book is the Count of Monte Cristo and I believe that in the Count of Monte Cristo he escapes the same way that the father escaped I don't know if he escaped the exact same way but they did something with the loose um, stone in the wall and he was able to crawl his way out in this show yeah Um, yeah oh I do have a question what do you think of the use of like modern music or um, I'll be honest, it actually bothers me sometimes because I feel like it stands out from the show. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't mind it. Um, I feel like it's a little bit of a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a little bit the stylistic choice that I don't personally agree with. If I was doing a show, I wouldn't add in modern music. I would stick with the older sound and music to help create the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. But that being said, it's not the end of the world. I feel like it's a kind of a new technique that a lot of art, um, directors and stuff used in order to like throw music from today into shows that take place like back in the day Mm -hmm. and in this case i don't love it but i mean it it doesn't get in the way it's just kind of like i would it takes me out of the moment for a second and then i'm like okay let's let me get back into the scene yeah um i agree and disagree i think i can see how it can take you out of the scene especially when it's like a song you know um so then you become distracted but then at the same time i feel like a lot of the way ways they've they purposefully use modern songs you know what i mean because not every song used is a modern song a lot of the songs are songs from that time period yeah so i feel like when they do they don't use like every song yeah as a modern song so i feel like it's used sparsely almost and that works for me because i think in the first episode they only had one modern song which was that tr wax song and then this one, they had the Marilyn Manson song. Yeah. Um, and I think those were the only two modern songs. I think everything else I also was like, hate when shows, like, play a song that directly relates to the scene. I could, yeah. Like, someone's yeah. being poisoned, and then they play Britney Spears' Toxic. It's like, yeah. don't do that. that that's that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, like, very on the nose. Yeah, I don't like when shows do that. I do like the use of, for the past two episodes, um, so Whitey's on the Moon huh, by Joe Scott Heron. Um, and then the way they use James Baldwin's last week, I like the use of the spoken. Really? Yeah, I didn't like the spoken word while he was walking to the. Um, wait, no, I'm thinking of Whitey on the Moon. I didn't like that. But you like the James Baldwin? Somewhat. I, I, it's a little bit on the nose for me. I think it's on the nose, but at the same time, maybe it's because like I've never heard them before, so it's kind of like an introduction as well. Yeah, well, you to I've heard the James Baldwin yeah, one okay, before. White on the moon, I've yeah, never right. heard Whitey on the Moon before. No. Yeah. Um. So I think that listening to what they're saying and then watching what's happening to him to me it worked. 
Um, but I can also see how I'm all for the artistic, like the artistic choices, but mm-hmm. sometimes the artistic choices pulls me out of the immersion. I guess and I can see that. And then it kind of is like, okay, this scene, I want to be like, I want to be in this sci, this sci-fi like mm-hmm. metaphysical world. So you want to hear like the yeah, I want to hear the, 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 the strings and yeah. the yeah. But sometimes it's like some of the artistic choices they make. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Like it's the direction the um, director wants to go in. Mm-hmm. But for me, as far as like being immersed in the show it takes me out of it a little bit and i don't know if that's what the director maybe the director doesn't want you to be fully immersed in the moment maybe they, they want to um convey something else like more thematic so i mean i think and i think they are supposed to be conveying something seeing how like maybe not through the music only but through the visuals how you see that his grandmother was the one who or not grandmother his great great times however many grandmother was the one who saves him in that moment so you see they're trying to do perform yeah. this ritual that this slave owner ancestor of his did all these years ago to try and get these white men into eden um and they fail at it because you know they're trying to play god and all that stuff yeah um and his grandmother is a black woman who escaped then and she's the one who leads him out yeah in the current day so i thought that was yeah that's pretty symbolic i mean i know there's a symbolism in it but the way symbolism is sometimes used could be a yeah. bit and much then, or used right. Yeah, and then just thinking of the poem and talking about like the fact that they're sending these people to the moon while you have all these poor citizens who can't afford anything, who are getting bit by rats and all of yeah, these exactly. things. It's just like, okay, so you have people who are like striving for this kind of impossible dream. Obviously, going to the moon wasn't an impossible dream, but you know, these big grand things while you have people who are literally struggling for the most basic needs to have yeah yeah um so that's why it works to me but again that's also a stylistic thing so it could also be fully immersive and just have kind of that classical yeah haunting sci-fi soundtrack yeah i agree um so yeah so all in all i think that both episodes kind of have set it up that i look forward to the rest of the season Mm mm-hmm um, like, I feel like I don't know what I'm going to get. Like, I feel like after the first episode, I kind of was like, okay, cool. You know, now they're at this home. This is what the rest of the season is going to be like. Now I'm kind of like, I have no expectations because any episode any could episode be anything. Up, yeah, yeah. And switch it up. Only thing I'm wondering, I'm like, is the daughter still alive? Is she going to come back? Because I feel like she knew that something bad was going to happen. So maybe she left the house and she's going to show up again in the in a future episode is uncle george gonna come back and then like who is that woman um that he was on the phone with or that he was fighting with because she's also the same one that in the very first episode the remember he had that dream how open i think she was the same woman who was the red woman that came down from the light so like clearly she's of importance to him she's of importance to him so who is she and i feel like we're probably gonna get more yeah, of that. Yeah, I definitely uh-huh. agree that she's one of the continuous threads episode to episode, even if the the plot per episode changes. Yeah. As far as like what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then also just like another thing I thought about is like the relationship between Letty and her mother. Because I'm trying to figure out now, is she the oldest of her siblings yeah. or is she the youngest? Because the way she was talking when she was talking to the fake Atticus about um, how her mother would leave her and she would be staring out the window. That to me sounds like a kid who's alone. Yeah, so I'm like, maybe she's the oldest and she had a tumultuous relationship with her mother. 
which is why she didn't show up yeah. at her funeral. And maybe her siblings got the better version of their mother who was like, you know, more prepared to be a mother. Yeah, yeah. And that made a difference. So I'm interested to see where those things go as well. Um, so like the supernatural, where that comes in, but also like the grounded story of it all as well. Yeah, I agree. As far as next episode, what are you looking forward to in particular? Um, I guess seeing how it will be for them on the north side of Chicago, because that's where it looks like they're moving to the north side of Chicago. Um, and then seeing the relationship between the father, Montrose, and Atticus grow, mm -hmm. because I feel like it's going to have to change or you're, something now that Uncle George is no longer there. And then seeing if Uncle George is still like going to be a spirit or something, because yeah. clearly in the preview, his wife was like, what you said didn't make any sense. I, it seemed like she was feeling a presence or something. So maybe yeah. he's not, you know, a hundred percent dead or something. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm just looking forward to see how they bring their new knowledge of like the occult back to the real world. Mm -hmm. And then they use it. Do they try to use it to like combat the racists and, um, oppressive forces that seem to be against them at the current moment because we see like they're they almost seem like they're trying to make a stand in this house mm -hmm. and I want to see if they're able to like try to use their new knowledge against the people that are trying to like oppress them basically yeah and then my my other the other thing I'm wondering is does he like inherit the money from, I have no idea I was confused by that like, where did you get the money to buy this yeah and it's like I don't know maybe he found some gold inside the house or something I maybe because I'm like I don't think that they would give I mean, I don't know how it worked, but it doesn't seem like they would have given a black man this well, white man. They were so devoted that they would listen to anything he says just because he had the blood of that guy. That's true, but my under, from my understanding, every member of the cult was dead. Maybe they have sons or something, and their sons inherit yeah. the membership. But it seems like if all the cult members are dead, how do you really prove yeah, exactly. that you're the son or the great-great-great-grandson of that this dude, man? Especially yeah. because, again, as the head of the cult put it you're darker than i expected <laughs> so like yeah, exactly. they're not gonna really accept a black man or they won't want to so i just i'm curious how that comes to head too so um anyways that was this week's episode of or this week's mini episode um for a lovecraft country episode two we will be back next week with episode three mm -hmm. And this week, there will also be a new full episode where we will be exploring Lovecraftian movies. Please rate, review, subscribe anywhere you can. Thank you and goodbye. Bye-bye.